0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you for, uh, I guess, transitioning. That's a wonderful transition into the correctional facilities committee. I, I, uh, you know, we're, um, really one of the frontiers of, uh, of S.A. Uh, we work on six different continents and we work with essays in prison, both men and women who have expressed an interest in recovery and ask for help. Uh, I'm expecting at, well, at some point, I know some people will straggle into the meeting. That's usually kind of how it works. Uh, we should have some other, uh, participants, but I can give you a little bit of a lowdown on CFC. What's happening where, where it's cut, where the origin. And, uh, why we have a CFC. Uh, First of all, of course, it stands for correctional facilities committee. Great. So, uh, A number of years ago, uh, people had uh, in essay had a calling to carry the message into prison. And, uh, but prisons were not very interested for the most part. There were people in prison who who wanted SA and they found information from their family members and from clergy and from others to central office. They actually got the address. Some wrote to Roy, some wrote to Ray. Ray S or Tucson Ray. Others uh, wrote to Kay at central office. And Kay happened to know Tucson Ray who was taking uh, his time to carry the message that he would soon be carrying the message into prisons in, in in Arizona. But before I even get to that, you know, why is it that we have a CFC? uh, Well, You know, lust is a big problem in prison. It's a vast problem in prisons around the world. And in every single prison regime, you have people who have been uh, who have done possibly the worst things that they could ever do in their life, uh, have hurt others to get back at the world sometimes or have hurt others and they are uh, facing long sentences. Some of them are facing short sentences and they're in county facilities. Uh, Some of them are facing longer sentences and they're in state or federal Facilities in the United States, in Canada, and in penitentiaries around the world. So, how do you help these people? Well, uh, the central office receives inquiries from people saying, "You know, I, I, I would like to have a sponsor. I would like to have a white book." And uh, central office said, "Wouldn't it be really good if we had a committee to do this?" Now, the committee of itself was really at the point at. Uh, it was really Ray S. He was formative in getting uh, the work going, and but he was just one guy in uh, in Tucson, Arizona. Hence the name Tucson Ray. Uh, so he and Kay had got together, and uh, Ray had formulated a sponsor by mail writing program where we would actually write this, write out the steps, the suggested steps to prisoners and send it along and the prisoner would then respond and get that information back. The way it's set up an essay is that every, uh, local intergroup in every region, uh, has, uh, has or can have a CFC. Not everyone does, but, but a lot of them do. And so, We rely on, internally, we rely on local people from local meetings, from the regions, uh, when we can, to actually do that sort of work. The writing to prisoners, the carrying of the message, uh, the answering of letters and bearing witness to someone's recovery in prison that you may likely never meet. All right, so that's pretty much the, the how and the what. Uh, I should mention in in uh, post, uh, in comparison to AA, which has hospitals and institutions, SA has both the Correctional Facilities Committee and hospitals and institutions. Uh, I'm not quite sure why it was set up that way, but I had conversations with Kay about the history, and this is kind of how uh, it works that, that somebody has a calling to carry the message to the prisoner. Some I have a calling to carry the message to the prisoner. It started with me. And so now we're going to get into the why of it a little bit. Uh, I started sponsoring people in prison 16 years ago. About the time, maybe 14 years ago, uh, about the time I came into recovery, i have been sober for 16 years. So, uh in the big book, it says, "Helping others is the cornerstone of your recovery." And I really, uh, really like that, and it spoke to me personally. It spoke to me that there were, that I could not enjoy whatever recovery that I have unless I'm able hey, to help others. Are you on?: I am.
2: I guess
1: I, I think I'm on, too.: Hi. Is this Kofi?
2: Like on the the monitor is this guy talking, and behind him is Boston picture.
1: I don't know that if we have a tech facilitator on uh, hand. Can you uh, hear? Me? I don't hear you. Okay, can you hear me?
2: Oh.
1: Okay. Uh, There should be a tech person on hand. Laura, if you're watching, can you direct this person to maybe help his audio? Can you hear me okay? I'm going to wave at you. Tell me if you can hear me. I guess you may not be able to. I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to unmute Svi. I'm trying to. Uh, I can see that there are 35 participants. I'm not really up on the tech side of this, so I'm just going to keep talking. uh, So I really connected with the CFC and uh, wanted to get more involved. So I started speaking to John C. of Blessed Memory and Ray of Blessed Memory, and they pretty much helped me to understand uh, that there was a a pretty – Uh, a pretty interested cohort in prison who that really want to work the steps and really don't have access to the tools. So uh, that's sort of an opportunity for service. And we started to write letters. I started to write letters to prisoners and um, I, we became able to um, Uh. We became able to get people interested in working the steps. Uh, I'm going to just pause here and just take a moment to reflect and see if there's any anyone out there who can offer some suggestions to this individual. Who I don't know if you're I don't know if you're listening or can hear. Uh, I'm trying to keep this together here.
0: The way that we
1: might we might proceed rather than hearing me talk for an hour, which you don't want to do, is uh, I'll talk for a few more minutes and then we can open it, this to the sharing of best practices. How's that? So we started doing sponsored by mail and then created a meeting in San Francisco where we would read the letter from the prisoner who's providing the step work aloud to other people and this went on for many years, we began to uh, work primarily with one or two people and work all 12 steps so that people who are coming into prison who had absolutely no semblance of recovery or sobriety were now getting sober in prison. As people move through that process of working the steps, if they're likely to have parole, now they're going out. And so if they're coming t- to a, Going into the uh, re-entering society, uh, as the program says, we try to put these principles into action in all areas of our lives. So it's no longer just in prison. And that could, be, uh, that could be very off-putting for a prisoner who's used to rules and regulations. So the CFC, over time, has developed pamphlets and information and to work with the people going in, inside, and coming out of prison. Uh, personally, I take a lot of joy in working collectively with with people, uh, helping them get into sponsorship, get into CFC work, and you uh, well, I do this. Uh, the reason I do this work is because it helps me not helps me to uh, focus on somebody else's problem, so I don't have to worry so much about my own. And that uh, that for me is is very gratifying. So I'd like to open. Uh, this, this breakout, we are, uh, 13 minutes into it. Uh, I see that we have uh, a number of other participants. I'm acting sort of as, as MC. I think that Robert was supposed to be a part of this Robert from Ireland, but I don't know that he's here. If you are here, Robert, uh, why don't you unmute yourself and, and go for it? Or if, uh, uh, I see, um, some of the other members of our committee. So, uh, I'm going to turn this up. Op- I will just open this Hello, up.
3: Hello, Eric. I'm just I just arrived, Eric. Sorry about that. Now. Hello. Hello, Eric. Yes. Ro- Robert here from Ireland. I, I I got a bit delayed, so I've just touched down now.
1: Ah, welcome, welcome, Robert. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, you know this is a kind of a loose format. I've just been doing just giving us a, a few minutes introduction to CFC. If you'd like to to chime in, go ahead. And I'll just
3: give you a bit, a bit of the history of our Emer and Ireland, etc. I? Please do. Yeah, yeah, I'm Robert. I'm a sexaholic. Um, thanks very much for opening, Eric, and apologies that again I was late. Yeah, in, in Ireland, um, we have, we, we've been going we've been doing some CFC work for a few years at this stage, and we also um, take part in intergroup um in Ireland and um we have a we had a meeting at a recent um convention in County Wex attended by three including myself and um we 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 began by meeting the um the education secretary in the prisons in Ireland and we discussed uh, uh you know carrying the essay message into the prisons and he came back to us and said that uh he they wouldn't allow our program in because they felt it would be a threat to um it might undermine the psychology the the psychology teams program there is a team of 12 psychologists in ireland working um 14 prisons and they now have a new um head psychologist who is a woman a woman called emma regan and um, we met this guy a second time, and, and this guy Ray Murray was his name. He's not there now, but we asked him would he um, agree to putting our white book on the prison, uh, the prison library shelves. And he again he wouldn't agree to that for the same reason. And anyway, we when the new woman, the new uh, head of the psychology team was was in situ, we um, we got in touch with her and. We sent her a copy of the White Book plus some pamphlets and asked her, you know, would she do a review of the White Book and consider reconsider putting it on the shelves of the prison's library. But she got back after some months and, again, we were turned down. But she said she would review it after a year. So we have we have been back to her. We have um, emailed her a few months ago, but we were waiting to hear back from her. Now, um, we've also, in Ireland, worked with the... Um, well, we we carried the message to the probation services in mostly along the along the west of Ireland, and um, we were received fairly well, you know, um, in general there, you know, and we gave them um, we gave them pamphlets and white books, etc. And at one meeting, there was about eight or ten um, probation officers there, and they asked us some questions afterwards. Actually, Jude from Ireland was with me that particular day. And um, so um, uh, we also, uh, in where I'm living here in Galway, we met the manager of the probation services there, another guy, Parig, and myself. Now, what he told us was that um, with regards to sex addiction, that um, guys coming out of prison or going into prison, that they, the, last, um, the last addiction that I want to talk about would be this one, the sex addiction that they, you know they would talk about alcohol, drugs, gambling, or whatever, but not not this particular one anyway. So anyway, um, we 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 met a few more of the probation people, and then they they stopped meeting us. And what we're working on now is uh, carrying the message to um, prisoners coming out of prison because obviously we're not allowed, <clears throat> we're not allowed to take the message in. So our only option then is to. Um, work with people coming out of prison. So we we were in touch with a, a bishop in Dublin who was looking after, who had um, responsibility, I think, for some prison chaplains. So he put us in touch with um, a group called CAP, C-A-P, Care After Prison. So um, we went up to meet uh, them. The woman in charge actually wasn't there when we called, but um, she. They, we were given the, the name of another program called Release, so we're working on. We thankfully, thanks to the central office and the trustees and so we now have the pamphlets, the new pamphlets, and so you're leaving prison. So we're we're at a meeting in um, Wexford there a couple of weeks ago. We discussed carrying the message to the um, probation services, not the probation services, but the um, the 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 services that are working with people who are with prisoners who are leaving prison. So. Um, yeah I yeah I was chair of Emer for the chair of Emers and um, CFC committee for 2 years and um, we had Eric speaking on a couple of meet, uh, for a number of meetings which was really helpful and now Tom Tom B in Belgium has taken over from me and
4: in Emer we have
3: in in the Netherlands we have a new member there who's enthusiastic uh, called uh, Ben and uh, the other reports we've had from there is that in Russia We've got a very positive response from the Russian government that they are very positive about the 12 steps as a as a solution to addiction problems in in all areas. I think in all the addiction areas, anyway. So um, Tom in Belgium is making some progress as well, and um, it's quite slow. So we also have um, Poland and there's a man called uh, Chris there. We're working on on carrying the message to. Um, to the church, to the Catholic Church, and then uh, to chaplains who are working in prisons. So um, I think that's as much as I, that's that's all I've got for the moment. Thanks very much for allowing me to speak, uh, Eric, and for listening to the members who were there. So I um, will leave it at that for now. Thank you very much.
1: Always a pleasure. Thank you, Robert, for that update on Ireland. Ireland is one of several uh, prison regimes in the in Emer. Every one of them, every every country has its own way of doing things, its own staff, its own regime, and so you can imagine it's it's pretty daunting work. Uh, what well, Robert, what well, you were touching on just before the the work with the Catholic bishops, and I taught and I uh, caught most of Nicholas's share when he was sharing on service uh, and carrying the message to to the church, to the RC Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so one of the one of the challenges in cfc work is that we kind of end up we have worked up uh in silos we ended up doing uh, this and not for not for the fault of any anyone we just weren't very well connected for a long time uh one of the things that I've learned from from the from working on the on the committee is it it's a very diverse committee and it's made up of, of people from all over the world people who go to local meetings and people who go to regional meetings and so there's a lot of experience and so when we're talking about working with the church and carrying the message per se for essay uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to talk about something specific or tangible like like corrections because uh, dollars for donuts, I don't think uh, you're going to find a more intensive way of carrying the message to or intensive way of working with another sexaholic than someone who is really desperate for the solution and wanting to work uh, from a prison cell or from a facility. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a very strong spiritual component to this kind of work. Uh, so going forward, you know, and working with the Catholic churches, you know, I'm sorry, the Catholic church and with other denominations, I know that we have people on the call who have worked uh, with diocese in California uh, and around the country. And, you know, the U.S. Council of Bishops thinks where uh, it's its official platform is, a, is that prison is essentially rehabilitative. And so the person in prison is is uh, acting uh, through the church as a way of coming back to God. We are a program for life that's established as, a, as the SA protocol. Our program is a program for life so that we as, as a committee, as, a, as the CFC here is part of the gen of the greater SA community, or if you will, the SA tribe to carry the message in and to say, look, numerically we may not have a lot of people in Irish prisons who are SA or in Polish prisons or Spanish prisons, but there are people who, for whom one size does not fit all. So there really is no one size solution. The people who want the SA solution badly enough need SA. You know, and I and I refer people to the doctor's opinion. But like I said, I don't want to uh, take up all the room on this call. We have other people who have who have really good insight. Um, I'd like to uh, offer the offer the next few minutes to Mance, Mance. If you're on the call, if you'd like to unmute yourself, and maybe share what's going on. Mance, are you there? In order to share, you'll need to unmute yourself. Uh,
5: can you hear me now?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Welcome, Mance.
5: Thank you. Glad to be here. I am uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I am the regional chairperson for CFC in eight states in the southern U.S. So we cover a fairly broad territory. Uh, One thing I would mention in what uh, we are working on actively uh, throughout Uh, the United States, is to uh, get more involvement from our local meetings uh, on up. uh, As most of you are familiar, we operate up through intergroups and then uh, into regions. And we have chair people for CFC activities in both of those. But uh, a challenge we have is, although we've got many pamphlets on uh, the work we do, Uh, we still find many of our members who are not that familiar with what CFC is doing. And um, a challenge we have that we continue to put more attention on is spreading the word among our SA members of the need in the prisons and also the rewarding service work uh, one can experience in uh, working with prisoners. And, uh, We're making some headway on that, but word of mouth is one of the best ways to uh, spread that message. Um, I appreciate what Rich was, uh, what uh, Eric was saying about uh, our efforts to penetrate uh, the walls of the prisons through the hierarchy in the prison system because we do as has been mentioned uh, in Ireland and other places have resistance uh and yet we find if we can make a contact uh with someone within that uh, leadership hierarchy often we can find a soft spot and they are uh interested in listening to what we are doing and we're making some headway on that an example uh in uh, South Carolina, which is in the region I deal with, we have um, a small meeting uh, in South Carolina, an SA meeting, and a member of that meeting also serves as a part time chair, a part time chaplain in a nearby prison. And uh, that gives us some advantage because we've got sort of both angles covered. But uh, we see opportunities like that, and uh, we are continuing to uh, uh, try to get the word out uh, so that uh, we know what's going on in the fellowship and the great work that is being done, and uh, also try to get more information out within the prisons themselves. Uh, One thing that uh, currently I serve as a uh, coordinating link where many of the um, essentially all of the requests that come in from a prisoner, often uh, initiated by a family member uh, looking for leadership uh, where they could uh, be linked up to someone who is a NSA and is willing to work with a prisoner. And uh, so what we are doing there is uh, I see a lot of the uh, the paperwork, so to speak, that comes out from the prisons. And then I help match those up with, uh, uh, members who, and some of the members are people who have sponsored someone previously who may want to take on an additional one, uh, or is new to the process overall. So, uh, you know, there's a good deal involved in all of that, but much of it gets back to communication, getting the word out. And, uh, some of the things Eric mentioned are so powerful with the um, uh, tape recordings we have from Tucson Ray that we want to get further distributed. And uh, we have some excellent literature. We're develop- developing some video uh, tapes that can be used in some areas as well. So uh, those are some of the highlights of some things on my mind that I'd like to share and uh, as we get farther along, uh, Eric will probably have some Q&A opportunities, I assume, too.
1: Yeah, uh, just if you would, Mance, could you just give a plug for your subcommittee meeting this Sunday?
5: Oh, good point. Yes. Um, I work for a subcommittee. Co- I'm leader of that committee, uh, which uh, operates under the um, guidance of the uh committee that uh, Eric is chairperson of, which is also linked in with the trustees and our fellowship. But in the subcommittee uh, we're looking more at uh, sort of the mechanics of how the process works because there's a lot of moving parts to it. Uh, we want to make sure that it's effective as efficient as possible and uh, that we can get the, the right parties connected. Uh, and uh, the meeting we're having this Sunday uh, is one where uh, we're looking more closely at the role our central office plays and the role that our fellowship would play. Uh, so, uh, And we're looking at a lot of other things that uh, may have been in effect for some time, but they need to be examined and see where we can improve it and uh, so that we can be more effective as uh, – uh, a fellowship reaching out to uh, bring the message and the good word to those who are suffering.
1: Thank you very much, Manson. Thank you for your work. I just sent uh, an email address that you can use if you're interested in pr- information on mass's Subcommittee or wish to be on that call or want to be a participant. Uh, thank you again for your work. I'd like now to introduce or, to you, uh, if you if you had if you uh, a man who needs no introduction. That would be Brian uh, Brian Z from, from Sacramento and actually the Modesto area. Brian is our communications team lead. He works on uh, on uh, these projects that we have been referring to, and uh, Brian was essential to the completion of the Tucson Ray project, uh, a project that was uh, dear to my heart and to uh, to all of us. So, Brian, go ahead.
4: Thanks, Eric. Can you all hear me?
1: We can hear you. Yes. Yes, 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 I can hear
4: you. Okay, good. I'm going to uh, test something out before I get started. I'm um, new to this uh, platform. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to play just a couple of seconds of an audio file on my computer. And if I do this right, you should all be able to hear it. Um, And while I'm playing it, I don't think I will be able to be heard. So um, if you could all just bear with me for a few seconds, I'm just going to run this quick test to make sure that this goes well, because I'm going to circle around back to this um, in a few minutes. Um, And uh, yeah, if um, if it's successful, if uh, anybody who can hear this uh, file that I'm going to play, just go ahead and give me a thumbs up and let me know you can hear it. And then um, and then I'll uh, pick up uh, with uh, what I would like to share about again. Uh, Here goes. But
2: as we approached the second year of my sobriety, we started talking about the possibility of being there. By this time, we not only loved each other, we were attracted to each other, but we really liked each other.
4: <laughs> we really wanted to be together. <laughs> it was not going to be... Uh, wasn't sure what was going on there. Can you wow. turn the volume
5: up?
4: I'm sorry, I couldn't make that out.
5: The volume, could you turn it up on the recording? We hear you well, but the recording wasn't loud enough.
4: Oh, really? Okay. Um, I'll try, I think I know what I need to do. Here here goes again. Thank you for your help. painful.
2: It was going to be a real joy because we had worked all that out. And, and we okay.
4: knew what we
1: wanted and we could trust each other Brian been working for yes uh, i it, i cannot hear Ray's voice it's 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 very very muddy i oh, don't is know it, if-
4: uh, okay yeah. well that's that's too bad um that that's okay um i was hoping to uh just uh broadcast some samples of uh the project that i was going to talk about but um that's okay um what i am going to do is i'm going to um send out a, uh, link to the chat. So if, um, if everybody could access your chat window, um, there's a message from me that I just posted where you can listen to, um, some files, uh, from this project and you can also download them. Um, I'm, I'm currently uploading them at the moment. And, uh, they, my, uh, browser is telling me that in an hour and a half, all the files are going to be there. So um, if you want to uh, make note of that and check back in an hour and a half, you should be able to download um, about six audio files there. And, uh, and what this is, um, I'll, I'll back up uh, to describe this project. Um, about a year ago, uh, Eric came to me um, with an idea to uh, record some experience, strength, and hope from uh, a gentleman who lives in uh, Tucson, Arizona, named Tucson Ray. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Tucson Ray uh, pioneered the CFC program uh, years ago. He uh, started writing to some prisoners that uh, he had um, uh, been put in contact with uh, through a local group. Um, they basically, these two gentlemen came to a meeting. Uh, within a few months, they were both sentenced and serving time. And he continued to sponsor them by mail uh, while they were serving their time in the uh, Arizona state prison system. And uh, one thing led to another, and uh, he found himself sponsoring other members that way. Then he, one of those members, uh, got wind of the program and asked him if he would help start a meeting at uh, this individual's facility, and um, ended up uh, starting a, a meeting for essay for uh, that member and uh, other members who had heard about the program um, from that from that uh, that facility. And uh, in a matter of uh, months, uh, some other facilities had um, invited him to start meetings uh, as well. And um, by the time uh, Ray had um, done what was uh, placed before him, uh, he had a meeting going in every uh, prison in the state of Arizona. And uh, he continued to do that until uh, he was no longer able to do all the driving because of his age and some other health issues he was having. Um, So he had a lot of experience uh, that a lot of us uh, haven't uh, had yet. Um, A lot of us are trying to uh, sponsor prisoners by mail and also sponsor, um, or I shouldn't say sponsor, but get started a meeting in prison. And uh, Ray is really the one who has a lot of experience doing that. So because of his uh, age and some health issues that he was uh, facing about a year ago, um, Eric and I thought it would be a good idea if we um, went down to Arizona and recorded uh, some interviews with him about uh, his experiences uh, in the service work. And so uh, what happened was I um, uh, we, we, we came up with a plan to um, ask the board of trustees to uh, get behind this project uh, somewhat financially to cover some of the costs as far as travel and also with the printing of CDs and a few other uh, things. And um, what uh, ended up happening was I, I, I was in Arizona back in April uh, interviewing Ray and um, I, I was actually able to collect about nine hours of uh, audio uh, with him, uh, going back and forth. And um, he was really a great interview subject, and he uh, he really liked to, to talk, and he had a lot of experience to share. And um, that was done over the course of two days uh, while I stayed in Arizona. I was uh, li- I, I stayed with another member of uh, Ray's local fellowship who was gracious enough to put me up, uh, Glenn and his family. And uh, it was a good experience for me. I got to see a, um, a family in recovery, um, living out the principles and having healthy dynamics with each other. And um, and then I got to spend some time with Ray and we got to, uh, we got to hear some really amazing uh, shares from him. Um, I learned a lot of things about the CFC program that I, I didn't know that I didn't know. And I also uh, heard a lot of other uh, great recovery tools from Ray um, that I had never heard about anywhere in our literature or any of the other, um, uh, media files that we have from other speakers and conventions. And Ray just had a really lot of, um, amazing things that I, I felt, um, not only would benefit our committee as far as sponsoring prisoners and helping getting meetings started in prison, but I, I really feel like he has a lot of valuable information for our entire worldwide fellowship. And so uh, what we ended up doing with all of this nine hours of audio was, uh, I edited into, um, three different tracks, and I took all the interview questions out where you can hear my voice, and I also took out some other um, shares from Ray about his personal life and um, just other interactions he had had, other stories that um, were, uh, they were interesting, but they weren't really um, focused on the topics that uh, that this project uh, centers on, and um, we ended up with about three hours of uh, really good material uh, to share with the entire ship. So if you go to this link that I posted uh, to the chat, and I'm actually going to post it again for anybody new to the chat, because um, I've noticed that when you come into the chat for the first time, um, I, I, I haven't found a way to find the history of what's been posted. So I'm going to post this a few times uh, during this, uh, this hour. And um, so if you go to this link, you can stream those three tracks that I created. And uh, one of the tracks is called Newcomer Share. And that's basically just... Um, Almost an hour long presentation of Ray's story, uh, his recovery story from being in the bo- hitting his bottom all the way through uh, salvaging a marriage and uh, living out the principles in other ways. Um, re- really inspirational story that I think anybody in our fellowship could uh, benefit from. Then the second track on there is uh, called uh, uh, Recovery, Unity, and Service. It's the three pillars of our program, and uh, that track uh, focuses on uh, a lot of different. Um, forms of service that ray was involved in uh, during his time in our program and um he shares a little bit about uh sponsoring prisoners but he also shares about other uh recovery aspects uh, sponsoring people outside of prison he talks about sponsoring women uh which is something that he did while he was um in his arizona fellowship uh he talks about sponsoring members with same gender attraction um he talks about recovery tools uh that he experienced with uh some members in a fellowship that was just getting started with uh, recovery and there was nobody really available to sponsor and they figured out a way to sponsor each other that was healthy and um, led to a very strong fellowship. In my opinion, it's actually one of the strongest fellowships I've ever come across. And um, so that's all on the second track. Then on the third uh, track, it's uh, entirely focused on uh, meetings in prison. And he talks about how he got meetings in prison started, how he um, unsuccessfully, <laughs> Uh, Tried to get prison meetings started. Uh, He has some tips for other members uh, looking to do that. He talks about um, what happened when he finally got the meeting started, how he facilitated those meetings, how those went, how the prisoners responded. Just a really lot of really great information for anybody who's interested in starting a meeting in prison. Um, It's it's a must listen to uh, track. And I think there's a lot of members in our program who also might have other uh, reasons to, to listen to that track as well, who could benefit from, uh, from the stories and also just from the uh, just kind of seeing the hand of Ray's higher power guiding him as he did this. And, and Ray will be the first one to tell us that he's, he, he's, he's not special. He didn't do this on his own. He just did what was placed before him. He looked for opportunities that, that showed up. And these are the opportunities that, that, uh, that he followed. He, that those are the paths he followed. So um, anyway, I'm going to post the uh, link one more time and uh, I hope you all have a chance to uh, listen to these tracks. Probably not today. It's stop,
2: stop video. No,
4: do um, okay. I think somebody needs to uh, find the, the, the mute for their audio, but um, I think it's uh, Sylvius. it looks like. Um, in any case, uh, I think um, yeah, after the 24-hour marathon, if you can over the next few days, uh, bookmark this link. Um, listen to these uh, tracks on there if you have to stream them, and if You have the ability to download them if you're on a desktop or a laptop. Um, Click the link for uh, that Google Drive uh, link, and you can download uh, three uh, of these audio tracks in both AIF form, which is the high-quality audio recording in the original format that I recorded uh, Ray's voice in. And then you'll also be able to uh, download some MP3s if you want a smaller, more compact, compressed file. Uh, that sounds almost just as good, but it uh, doesn't take as much space on your iPod or whatever device you're listening to these tracks on. And um, my hope is that someday, if uh, all goes well, um, that uh, we'll have access to these tracks on the essay.org website. Uh, my vision for uh, where our media is going um, in, as it pertains to this fellowship is that uh, someday I would love for new members to just be able to go to essay.org Click on a tab where they can hear audio files from all different kinds of members around the world. And, uh, these tracks will be included in in that library. But, uh, until then, um, this link that I just posted is where you can listen to these uh, tracks. And, uh, before I close, I just wanted to, um, mention that, uh, Ray, um, as he was sharing with me, uh, he had a lot of energy and he, these nine hours that I recorded with him, he, uh, he didn't take any breaks the only breaks we took were because I needed to take take a few breaks uh, as I was recording with him. And, um, and I also uh, split it up into two days, but I think if I hadn't split up into two days, he would have just given me it all in one day if uh, he had his way. But, um, but I I needed to kind of have a day to process and kind of come up with uh, what questions I wanted to circle back with him on the second day. Um, And it was just a really amazing thing to see him um, in his old age with his health issues still um, as lively and as energetic as he was. And um, as I think our higher power uh, orchestrated, um, Ray was uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer just uh, four weeks after I had I had been there with him, and his health deteriorated very rapidly at that point. And he didn't have the energy to even make meetings anymore. And I heard from Glenn, the gentleman who had hosted me while I was in Arizona, making his uh, doing conduct these interviews. Uh, Glenn uh, called me up. Um, just a few weeks after he informed me that Ray had uh, been diagnosed and he told me that Ray had been, pa- had passed away. So, um, these recordings are, um, in my opinion, and, and, uh, many others in our committee, uh, this is Ray's legacy. Um, this is his legacy to our fellowship. And, um, it's a really, uh, just, just, just a really special way to capture, um, what he did for us and what he did for this committee and what he's done for these prisoners over the decades that he served them. And, um, I think it's just uh, amazing that we we were able to capture these um, this experience strength and hope uh, just in the nick of time mm-hmm. so uh, I, I'm really grateful to eric for uh, for starting this uh, this this process and I hope that you can all benefit from it and um, I'll post the links again uh, at the end of the chat and during the Q and a if anybody uh, would like to get those links again. Thank you
1: Thank you Brian. Uh, all, all thanks to you. you've done a great job continue to do a great job and all blessings. Uh, I know that when Ray passed away, uh, I'd known Ray for many years and he was a mentor of mine and I miss him. Uh, I don't know that he had any uh, negativity in his soul, in his consciousness when he died. I think it just speaks to that. What that speaks to is the power of this sort of service. It's not, as you mentioned, that Ray was some sort of a saint, although he had a, he had a peculiar, you know, maybe a, maybe an individual calling for this kind of work. But the the, the fact of the matter is, anyone can do this work. Uh, it takes a little time, it takes a little bit of dedication, and it takes a lot of faith in a higher power. Uh, you know, we we can go on on onto Ray's legacy. I'd like to. Uh, spend a little time talking to Kurt. Kurt, if you'd like to unmute yourself, Kurt is uh, to introduce Kurt. Uh, if you'd like to, Kurt. Um, yeah. Uh, from the from the CFC in St. Louis. Okay. And uh, thanks, Eric. Good I need to know that your your sidekick Kofi's there too. So
6: yeah. Oh, Kofi should unmute himself too. <laughs> okay. So. Anyway, just a, a few things I I wanted to share. Uh, one is uh, not to be discouraged to those who are writing Prisoners or just starting. Uh, I've had mixed experience in about four or five years that I've done it. Uh, Seeing uh, at least one individual uh, pass pass through the prison system and he was out. He, he continued to correspond for about a year and Uh, I continued to urge him to go to meetings. He attended a few and a few AA, uh, and then it kind of dropped off. He was moving around trying to find work. Um, Others I've written, I've gotten uh, names, and then I've written and haven't gotten response. Some, you know, some are, are faithful, some are we really connect, and others we don't. Uh, one thing I I do, I'm the chairperson for St. Louis, uh, at the intergroup meetings and and my meetings, I regularly offer uh, the opportunity to the members to correspond. And uh, when they do, I guess our present system is that if somebody comes after I make the offer at a meeting, they come up to me afterwards. I get their email and then I contact man's and give them the person's, the members name, first name and email address. And then man sends the, uh, the information about the sponsor who's requested a sponsor. Uh, my understanding, that's what, that's the system right now. Uh, and, because before we had to write, well, make a phone call, and then we received the sponsee's request by mail. So it's electronic right now. That's my understanding. Uh, and Mans can correct me if I'm <laughs> saying that in a, incorrectly. Um, the other thing, uh, one thing I tried to interest uh, members at a meeting, when I chaired a meeting, I said, Uh, after our introductions and so on and so forth. I said, in place of a reading in one of our uh, books, we're going to write a letter to a sponsee. I've been writing him, I explained. Um, A theme is going to be step six. So I'd like you, while we do some readings in step six, I'd like you, each of you, if you feel so moved, write a little paragraph to my sponsee whose name, you know, gave them the name dear, so-and-so, and so, and, ex- and tell the sponsee uh, how steps, working Step 6 has helped you. So we passed that around. We had about 10 people wrote write paragraphs. I mailed it to the sponsee. He really liked it. He really appreciated it. And uh, it also kind of got people's feet wet. So to speak, and writing, corresponding to people in prison. So that's you know I'm just throwing that idea out. Um, my friend in St. Louis, uh, Kofi, uh, has been corresponding with a number of prisoners as well, and he has a special, well, a couple of special relationships uh, with the men, and, and getting positive responses from them and going to ask Kofi if you'd like to tell about the place at the table that we reserve for one of the men that you correspond with Kofi uh, are you unmuted and
1: Kofi are you there Kofi you'll have to unmute yourself I don't know if you have the see uh, if you're listening do you have the ability to unmute Kofi
2: I'm here, uh, Eric.
1: Oh, go ahead. Thank you. Hey, Kofi.
2: Kofi, could you
6: tell uh, the assembly here uh, kind of how you've reserved a place for one of your members at the Tuesday night meeting?
2: Uh, there's one, yes, I'm here. There's one person I've been writing to for some time, and he's uh, taken up art in the prisons and uh, very helpful for his recovery. And he sent me. A, he wanted to become a member, and I said, "Well, you're you're, you're a member by attending." But he still insisted to become a member. So we took a, a group conscious and said he's our member. So we put out his artwork at uh, each meeting to remind us that he's one of the persons in fractional uh, institution, and uh, we keep keeping in prayer. And uh, that's just one. The other ones I'm, I'm writing to.
6: Okay, We can hear you, Kofi.
2: Okay, I'm talking now. Are you hearing me?
6: Now I can. Continue. Continue.
2: Okay. Uh, I said the prisoner has taken up art, and he uh, sent a, an art piece that we put out each week to remind us that he's there and he wants our support. And he's praying for us, and we are praying for him and trying to support him. Mm -hmm. Right.
6: Occasionally we're being interrupted by a phone number, 35387959. If that person could mute, uh, it would stop the interruption. I muted them.
2: Uh, okay, well, I'm, I'll continue then. This is Kofi. Uh, I, I find this uh, ministry, which my sponsor encouraged me to get into, very helpful for me.
6: Okay, okay, uh, thank you, Kofi. Do you have anything else to share?
2: Uh, well. Yes, it's, the ministry is doing more for me, perhaps, than it is for those in prison. The, the sad thing is that I've only met one prison, that's in Utah, where they do have an active SA group, and that's very encouraging for me. The others uh, are not open to having SA meetings. You know, now, The ones in Illinois said that they need to be evidence or research-based programs.
1: Thank you, Kofi, and thank you, Kurt. Uh, well, what we were listening to in, in from Man, from, from Kofi and Kurt, is the fact that local meetings and local f- uh, fellowships are really the foundry of ideas for, for their, our kind of work. Um, when you are working with a collective group and there seems to be this uh, higher power thing going on in the group, And, you know, you guys could talk to this, but I I just want to describe that what happens is that we don't feel alone in this process. We're not alone in this process, Uh, even though the prisoners who we're dealing with, we may not have we may not see them and we we may not have a lot of prisoners to work with. SA in prison is not numerically very big, but they are people who are, are looking for help. And so it's almost like this inverse thing. They don't, they're not going to come to meetings, but I had a, a sponsee I worked with for 14 years. And I recently attended his wedding in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I got to see the, well, I would say culmination, but I got to see the, the, you know, the fruits of our labors the fact that, you know, he was married by uh, his, his reverend and his wife and he are now looking for a house. I mean, those are the miracles of the program. And we, we you know, we, we don't talk enough about service of this kind in our meetings because it doesn't happen all that often. But, we, you know, we, we, we should, I'm saying should, uh, really since it shouldn't, shouldn't use the word should, talk about it a little more. Local meetings like the ones in St. Louis and Atlanta and where Brian is in, in, uh, near me in uh, Modesto, those are where those things start to happen. I'd like to introduce uh, uh, someone you may not have met, uh, Larry B., who uh, has carried the message into California state prisons. Larry, if you're here and would like to share, why don't you unmute yourself and take a few minutes.
0: Larry, are you here? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. We can, Larry. I'm having trouble with my video camera. I can see you guys, but I can't see myself. We can't uh, see you, but we can hear you. Yeah, you know, sorry about that. Um, a Little new to this. Um, yeah, so the, the you know visiting the inmates in the prison is a is a wonderful uh, experience in a lot of ways, but it can be also very emotionally uh, demanding or taxing. Um, I, I did it for two years. I was a volunteer in the, uh, in the chapel and we taught meditation to the inmates and we also conducted, you know, faith formation. And we also did like some church services, but my, my main, um, draw was through, uh, what's called prison contemplative fellowship. And it's trying to teach, Inmates how to meditate. So I, I always, you know, thought of it as an 11-step um, exercise. And and the prisoners always, I mean, generally they always uh, appreciate, very appreciative for anybody that visits them. And, you know, they would often say, you know, why would anybody in their free time want to come in here, you know? And so they were always blown away by somebody, not just myself, but the other volunteers. Um, and they always, you know, they call us free staff. And they always appreciated us, so it, it was it was a very enriching. Um, and you know, obviously, it, it helped my sobriety and uh, my twelve step work. So, um, I, I just really encourage anybody who feels that calling. And again, any even letters, any lettering, you know, any kind of contact with these guys is is really valuable to them, to the inmates, to the incarcerated. Because, you know, oftentimes families – I mean, not always, but often families um, cut themselves off from the inmates. You know, there's a lot of shame, a lot of grief, and, you know, there's a lot of damage. You know, a lot of times these guys have, have done a lot of damage to relationships just like we have, you know. So um, I, I often do think that um, – and this is just my opinion, but, it you know, trying to get SA into the prison is is – for me, sometimes I think of it as kind of like trying to reinvent the wheel, and I, I, I've talked to Eric about this before. I mean, to me, if we could just like sort of, you know, kind of coattailing with AA or NA because th- they have a strong presence there, and and for myself personally, right now since I'm retired, I go to a lot of AA meetings. A lot, I mean, I go like every day, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, to the six thirty a.m. And I'm telling you, it, it's a wonderful fellowship. And when they get to know you, they know, they know why you're there. You know, they know that you're there because you have an ism and um, they don't care. And there's a lot of sexaholism in AA, in S, in NA. And so for me, you know, I mean, there's one morning where we, we read the the fourth step and we go to page, you know, 68, 69. And it says, and now about sex. And uh, I'm telling you, I mean, it's some of the best sex meetings I've, ever been to have been recently to these AA meetings where we talk about sex. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one way to get into a prison, you know, if you can get in through H&I, you know, through AA and you can go in there as an alcoholic, you know, uh, and you can visit guys and, and eventually you, if you're there enough, you know, it can come around to where you talk about sex and, and you know, the pornography that's in prison, there is pornography in prison. Um i I don't know if there's much actual sexual activity that's that was always a kind of surprise to me when I when I did get to get to the point where I would talk to prisoners about sex in prison and you know the the few prisoners that I talked to said that you know same sex stuff is really taboo it's it's not I mean if the gangs find out that you're actively uh, doing that um, they'll put you down. So I think a lot of it is just sell, you know, sex with self. Um, That's my impression, but you know, I'm not an expert on that. So um, that's helpful.
1: Thank you, Larry. Uh, That was, there was a a good deal of information and thank you and and for your, for your ongoing service uh, in prison. Uh, I think you brought up two points. One is that, and Kofi brought up as well, the fact that Prisons do not endorse the sobriety definition. It's not really part of what they do. It's part of what we do. And our, our, our task, if you will, is not to go at power, but to find those people who are receptive to SA. Now, we can find them through the chaplaincy. We can find them through the community resource department as it happens in uh, the state of California just kind of bridging on what Kofi was saying, I wrote a letter to uh, one of, the, one of the, the regional prisons in Chowchilla and the woman took the information and I said, here, call this guy at, this, at the state uh, prison in Draper uh, Now I wanted her to know how the prison in Draper is running SA meetings. And she said, "Well, okay, I ran it by the warden, and now you have a green light to start an open meeting—an open meeting in a prison." Uh, what Larry was talking about is—you know—it's pretty taboo. People don't—you don't want to be known as a sexaholic in prison. But it also, in addition to people who have committed sex crimes in prison, there are also sexaholics, both men and women, who have were are prisoned for tax evasion and all sorts of other crimes, and maybe some of it violent or nonviolent. So we are now, you know, on the cusp of opening the door in at least one of the California state prisons. We're guys. Uh, this is a men a men's prison in Chowchilla.
2: Eric, I'm going to have to ask you to just just to wind up there now because we're already over okay, time. Going over, okay. Uh, right. Since we are going over,
1: uh, like,
2: oh, right. it's, it's, it's Irish time. I'm running the the Irish time. I have a
1: brevity uh, challenge, so uh, as, you, uh, as, you, as uh, you all know. Uh, there. Okay, and we'll just wrap it up. Thanks. Okay, so more and more will be revealed. Uh, thanks to er- everyone who's been on this break. It's been a lovely spending time with you and chatting with you. We've got a lot of information to talk about. Not Can't possibly do it in an hour. Uh, check out Brian's link. Check out uh, Mance's uh, subcommittee meeting this Sunday. Start talking to your local uh, local intergroups about CFC. How could we start something here and get back in touch with us? Why don't we end this with the Serenity Prayer?
2: Yeah, just before you do take us out there, I just want to say, Brian, uh, you know uh, about the the material you have and more information. We have slots later on today at about three a.m. and five a.m on UTC time you'd have to work out what that is for you but if you want to come back with a message to me afterwards I'm happy to try to get you in and get you another 20 minutes or so or on, on on that uh, the work you were doing with Tucson Ray it's really interesting stuff um so if you want to just just text me outside of this and I'll try to try to help with that thanks everybody for the for the thing and I'll let you get back to closing it there Eric thank
1: you thank you very much Brendan the the, the time leaders have spoken and thank you for the extra extra information yes, thank
3: you Eric Amazing. You did a great reading. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you to the Wizard of Oz. You you. pulled it off, and the
0: Wizard of Oz, Namaste.
1: Namaste. Thank you. Thank you to everyone here. Uh, 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 Kurt, would you like to lead us out with a prayer? Kurt, would you like to lead us out with a prayer of your choice?
6: Yes, yes. Uh, Serenity prayer is fine. Let us pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to I change can. the things I can, I can. Know the and difference. the wisdom to know the difference. Your will,
3: not yes. mine, be done. Thy will, mine be done. See
1: you, see you in Madrid. Goodbye, everybody. God bless. Okay. Good night, Eric. Thanks very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Fr-